Transform the way you hunt with the all-new Bay cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. This is the Average Conservationist podcast brought to you by Outdoor Class and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Outdoor Class is the new single source of premium outdoor education from trusted, knowledgeable experts. For hunters committed to improving their skills, Outdoor Class is the only subscription-based e-learning platform that provides unlimited access to video lessons from the world's most respected experts covering topics across a hunter's entire journey. Learn from industry leaders like Corey Jacobson, Randy Newberg, Remy Warren, and other prominent personalities in the organizations. Sign up today and use code AVERAGE to save 20%. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies, breweries, Contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. What's up, everyone? A happy Wednesday to you. I hope that the week is going well, and welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Got a fun episode for you today. Today, uh, kind of a different episode uh, than what we've done uh, traditionally, but today I'm joined by uh, Sean Durkee and his, and, yeah, and his daughter, Lila, and <clears throat> if uh, you've been a loyal listener, we'll go all the way back to um, over two years ago, uh, one of the first uh, 10 episodes or so that uh, I did of the podcast uh, featured Sean. Uh, Sean is the owner of 2% Certified Alpen Fuel. And <clears throat> this episode is a little bit different where uh, recently Sean and his daughter participated in a uh, goat survey out in Montana. Um, so we had this idea, Jared Frazier, uh, really kind of the, the mastermind behind this episode, I had this idea that it would be uh, really cool to kind of hear, um, you know, the story, uh, the experience through uh, Lila's eyes uh, and, you know, the way she views it and and what she thought of the experience and everything. Um, So we talked with Sean. Uh, Sean thought it was a great idea. Lila was super excited. Um, So really, we just get to talk about, uh, you know, their experience on the GOAT survey, Um, you know, what she liked about it, you know, how far they went in, which is um, you know, as you hear the story, you'll be, uh, super impressed, uh, with Lila and her, um, 
her will to keep going. Because uh, I think a lot of us uh, at that age probably would have uh, turned and went back to the truck. Um, but it's it's really cool, again, to hear the perspective, um, hear it from a, an eight-year-old's perspective, um, you know, this entire uh, weekend that they spent together um, living out of the tent. So uh, really fun episode. Um, if you have kids or you have nieces or nephews uh, or anything like that, you guys are certainly going to appreciate um, some of the side commentary that comes from Lila. Uh, it was it was an absolute pleasure uh, to have these guys on. So episode 114, Sean and Lila Durkee. Enjoy, everyone. Before we get into the conversation, though, we're going to take a minute to talk about our partners today. Uh, today's episode is going to be brought to you first by Stone Glacier. Uh, if you haven't by now, uh, fall season is, is upon us. I mean, I think uh, in some states the season even starts later this month. Uh, so if you're looking for some last-minute things, you still need a pack, you need some uh, some bomb-proof outerwear, head over to stoneglacier.com. Uh, and check out just their wide variety of things um, <clears throat> that they have to offer. August is obviously going to be uh, very warm. They have some great new lightweight base layers um, that are great that you should definitely check out. Uh, help get you, or help keep you cool, keep the sun off of you, uh, and keep you concealed at the same time. So head over to stoneglacier.com, give them a check out. Uh, and then also today's episode is going to be brought to you by my friends over at Go Hunt. If you have not yet, um, be sure to check out their new uh, Explorer membership for their mapping system. Um, it's going to give you all 50 states for $50 a year, um, which there is nothing else uh, out there like that that's going to give you that much information uh, at that price point. And the some of the new features, I talked about them a few weeks ago, but some of the new features that they have are just awesome. It makes um, e-scouting, I mean... That much easier and we all know how e-scouting can be uh, especially as you're preparing now you know get those maps with all the layers um, all in one shot you don't have to worry about missing anything um, you know have your your areas already downloaded uh, before you hit the mountain before you hit the trailhead uh, and it's going to be super simple so head over to gohunt.com all right sean welcome back to the podcast and miss lila welcome to your very first podcast how are you guys today good good thanks for having us back on this is fun yeah yeah i know that <clears throat> sean you were one of uh gosh one of my first 10 guests i believe uh, back when the the podcast started and obviously uh your your company elp and fuel has been growing by leaps and bounds and taking off um i feel like we may have to save that for another uh another podcast in and of itself uh, but today uh we're gonna get miss lila on here your daughter and we're gonna talk about a recent goat survey uh, that you guys just did, what was that, a few weeks back? Yes, it was about two weeks ago. We uh, did a Friday, we drove over to the survey area Friday after orientation at Stone Glacier headquarters and then surveyed goats Saturday after we backpacked in and then spent the night and hiked out Sunday morning. Oh, that's exciting. That's And these are the cool things that uh, you know, living in the West or, or, you know, you guys are in Bozeman there, but living uh, in an area where you have this right out your back door and the opportunity to, to get involved um, is awesome. And Lila, what did you think uh, of your first experience on a goat survey? Mm, I don't really know. It's just mixed feelings. Mixed Some, feelings? Well, 
What was the highlights of the trip for you? Uh, mm, hiking with my dad. Yes, that's always a good time. And those are the things that you'll remember the most when you get older is, is the hikes that you get to go on with your mom and your dad. So this was Lila's first big backpacking trip. So we got her a pack earlier this year, and I had, I had wanted to do this. I thought this would be a good, a good trip. We last year we tried to go backpacking, and it was canceled. Well, just too smoky. We backed out and and didn't have a good chance to go. So this is a good trip just to put it on the calendar, and uh, and make it happen. So we've been looking forward to this for a few months. I told Lila about two months ago that she would get to come with me if she wanted to and she was excited to go so tell them tell about how far we hiked in and how all that went um how far did we hike it was five and a half miles five and a half miles wow that is oh go ahead we got some switchbacks which was kind of (laughs) difficult yeah five and a half miles i have not hiked back into the backcountry five and a half miles myself. So, Lila, you have done something that I have not done. So, congratulations on that. And we weren't sure how far we would get. Some of the other areas were more off trail, so they saved those for older hikers. And then ours was all on trail. We went into a lake, so it was uh, the lake was at nine thousand feet. We had uh, about two thousand vertical feet over the five and a half miles. So it was a it was a push. I didn't know um, how it would go. A couple miles in, Lila was feeling um, pretty tired. And so what did we do to keep motivated? Tell stories. Yeah. So what kind of stories did you tell? I don't want them to let... <laughs> You can talk about it, Lila. They tell them what you did. You You led the way and you told about two hours of stories on the way. And what, what were the stories about? Mostly Minecraft. Ah, okay. All right. Hey, anything that you have to do to pass the time and and help get you up the the mountain, um, you've got to do. And did it make, when you were telling your stories, did it make you not think about the hike so much? It made me kind of think about puking, but... (laughs) (laughs) Lila, did you have a very heavy pack on? Uh, It wasn't that heavy because... um, I could only carry a little bit since I didn't weigh as much as my dad did. What did That's you... why he had to carry the important stuff like the food and the water and the, all that junk. <laughs> what did you have and in I your pack? Carry, and I just had to carry my clothes, my um, stuffed animal. Yeah. Very important for a sleepover. For a night in the woods, the uh, uh, my daughter has a, a little Elmo doll that she has had since she was born, and she will not go anywhere without that thing. So I I appreciate you bringing a stuffed animal along. Yeah, the hardest part was culling the herd to pick one or two to take with us instead of a half dozen or twenty. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick your best ones for the trip like that, right? Yeah. I was thinking of bringing my stuff, my stuffed bunny named Lola, but she was really big, so I thought um, I thought better of it and brung um, a stuffed squirrel. Ah, see, that's a perfect animal, a perfect stuffed animal to bring when you're going to be outside as a stuffed squirrel. Good choice. 
Yeah, I also have a stuffed flying squirrel. What? A flying squirrel. All right. I'm going to I'm going to have to one one of these days your dad's going to have to tell me about all the different stuffed animals that you have cuz a squirrel and a flying squirrel that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, she's got a pretty good fleet of animals. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Sean, kind of uh let, let's kind of, let's take a step back here and talk about, you know, what the the goal was of the survey, um who put it on, uh really kind of all that stuff leading up to actually being able to set set out on the trail. Sure, I can talk about that. We this is our third year volunteering, uh, my third year volunteering with the Goat Alliance. So obviously, as a part of Two Percent for Conservation, we need to uh, donate our time, volunteer. So that's about twenty hours for a business of our size. And so the the Goat Survey is an excellent way to get that full hours in one in one shot i had done things like trail maintenance in the past and this is it's just way more fun to go out on a on a goat survey and, and actually do backpacking um so the <clears throat> the goat alliance surveys several areas around the west in any given summer and they had one in february i think in the Bitterroot here in montana i believe that was an overnighter that one was pretty cold when they did that one pretty brutal but uh the summer ones are great they did one uh the weekend after our survey in the bridger mountains here by bozeman and that one's just day hikes so we specifically picked one where there'd be an overnight opportunity and so julie the fish wildlife and parks biologist puts it on with the goat alliance and so on friday nights before the survey we show up at stone glacier and get our survey areas and so they cover the whole range in uh one I think it's about a between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. So one five-hour period, everybody's in their survey districts looking for mountain goats, and that's just to make sure that we don't get any uh, duplicate counts. Everybody has a certain area that they're looking in, and we <clears throat> map out the goats on Onyx, whether they're nannies, billies, or kids. And the whole idea is just to get an accurate count in one five-hour period for the whole mountain range. So. There was about 20 volunteers, and the mountain range that we surveyed is in southwest Montana on Idaho border, the Henry's Mountains, and it's very rugged. There's peaks. The peaks that we saw the goats on were they were right on top, and they were at 10,600 feet, so really rugged country. Um, so that's kind of the gist of it, and the whole goal, I guess, is to get an accurate count of nannies, billies, and kids so that they can set the hunting quotas. So Two years ago, we were surveying this district. Uh, I saw maybe, I don't know, 15 goats on that survey. And at that time, there was two mountain goat tags in the district. And because of our survey, we saw around 80 goats. So they upped it to three tags for that year, the next year. And actually, um, oh, I'm, my brain, Randy Newberg drew one of those tags the following year so that was pretty exciting and he has a youtube video of his hunt there and then this year we saw 101 goats i think and i believe they'll make a recommendation to add another hunting tag even so the original two was three and now that three will become four next year hopefully so it's just a great opportunity to help do some citizen science and help the biologists out for mountain goats in particular the the boots on the ground surveys are more effective than flyovers 
Uh, it's a lot safer, I guess, too, to instead of sending planes through some of those mountain passes at 10,000 feet, they can just do accurate counts with, with folks. So it's an incredible opportunity that anybody really can do. It's free. Just put your name in the hat and you can go and do it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I I know that uh, uh, the first time we were on, we had talked about um, a little bit. We had talked a little bit about um, some volunteering that you had done previously, uh, you know, with the surveying. And then I've also had someone on from the Goat Alliance, um, Lee McDonald, to talk about the surveying and everything like that. So do you know, I mean, it sounds like for about every uh, 20 goats or so that you see, so if it was 80 and then it's jumped up to 120, how many more goats do you need to see, I guess, on a year-to-year basis to really allocate that that uh, additional tag? I don't fully understand. I The biologist didn't really say, but I think it comes down to uh, just how many billies versus nannies they're seeing in the – I have some of the data, but I, I – she never the biologist never spelled out exactly what they're looking for it just we just heard that the count was adequate to add another tag okay well that's exciting though because it gives um you know another hunter uh the opportunity to go out and and enjoy that type of hunt which uh you know if there's only four tags let's say uh for this coming year for the following year um i mean it's a very small odds of drawing something so it's uh it's exciting to to give someone else that opportunity to get out there and, and enjoy wild. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So how many did you guys count um, yourselves when you were uh, in your position? About 18. 18. How far away were they, Lila? Um, they were a good distance away from us. Did you have your binoculars and your spotting scope and everything out? Yeah. Yeah, is, did you did you enjoy looking through the binoculars and trying to count them and, and see what they were? Uh huh. So yeah, we saw we saw ahead. three kids as well up on top. So we spotted them with the binos and then zoomed way in. They were well above our lake, right up on top. So they were. We needed every bit of the spotting scope to do our count. Now, were you guys? You said you hiked in uh, five and a half miles. Now, were you able to just uh, do your survey and your glassing right from that particular spot, or did you have to hike up even further from your base camp? Um, Where were we setting up the spotting scope, Layla? Right um, at the um, there was this small plateau rock at the lake, so we just set up our spotting scope and our binoculars there, so we could look into there and see all of them. Now, did your dad pack plenty of snacks for you while you guys were doing the survey? Yeah. Yeah, snacks are snacks are a vital uh, piece of the puzzle when it comes to uh, sitting behind binoculars and a spotting scope for a good part of the day. And and dad brung some saltwater taffy. Ooh, yeah. my kids love saltwater taffy. What's your favorite flavor? Uh, mint. Mint. Good choice. That's a good choice. So how difficult is it to really um, differentiate between um, like billies and nannies at uh, at that distance? 
Mm. It was difficult for us. Uh, we just put unknown on the survey for the sex. We we only glassed these ones about 15 minutes, and I kept finding more goats in nooks and crannies, and so I was more concentrated on uh, how many were there, were there any kids and yearlings, and then I we weren't able to be definitive on the sex, and so we just put unknown for the adult for the adults. But they were. I think I was on. 40x on my spotting scope and was able to get some pictures with my camera through the spotter so it, they were definitely a long ways away uh, we yeah. only saw them for about 15 minutes and then they circled around the back of the peak probably into another survey area so that was vital to note the time and and the onyx mapping so they could see if they were duplicates from the other survey area yeah i've and got then, to imagine with that much um data coming in from um how many different groups you say nine different groups something like that yeah yeah to make yeah. sure that you're not um kind of like you said duplicating your efforts or, or counting twice and all that stuff and making sure that that um that final count is as accurate as can be absolutely and then we saw 19 the next morning halfway down the peak kind of in a grassy area above the lake so i believe it was the same group there was three kids again um, so that was fun. We got to see them quite a bit closer the second time on the next morning when the count wasn't being ran, but we reported that data as well. And we were actually set up on a tiny little island out in the lake. The basin was right above the lake, so we didn't have to move, but uh, we were maybe 50 yards from camp just sitting right basically on a rock in the lake glassing up high, so it was a great vantage point. Yeah. Now, is uh is that grizzly country where you guys were at was that something you guys had to take into consideration on your pack in yes uh we had bear spray and and food bear safe food bags uh earth sacks to put our food in so it's yeah it's uh the hunting district that is bordering west yellowstone and the park so it's there's definitely grizzlies we saw no sign and no bears so no problems there yeah, that's always, uh, yeah. I, I got to imagine, you know, it's Sean, for you, it's it's one thing if you're going to be out there by yourself, right? And, and um, mm -hmm. you know, taking the, the necessary precautions, but uh, I'd imagine it adds a, a whole nother element when you have your daughter with you. Yes, it does. And I, I wasn't terribly concerned, I guess, just because we were going to be at a higher elevation. There was other hikers around. Some of them had dogs. Uh, so that was helpful as well. I there are other areas, I guess, in the Big Sky region that have maybe higher bear densities. So I, there are grizzly bears that frequent that area, but um, thankfully the densities aren't quite as high as the park or some of the other surrounding areas. So uh, it all worked out fine, and we were prepared, I guess, with should we have an encounter. So, Lila, what was your favorite part about the trip? Um, uh, seeing goats and reading books. Yeah. What books did you bring with you? Dog man. <laughs> so I have some nieces who are about the same age as you, Lila, and they were actually just talking about dog man, uh, a few days ago to me. Um, and they seem to really enjoy it. Is that, <clears throat> is that your favorite book? Um, aside from Captain Underpants, yes. 
<laughs> always, always have good snacks and good reading material when you're uh, in the backcountry for, for the times that you don't see any goats, right? Yeah. So, Lila, what did you think about spending the night in a tent, um, you know, out in the woods with just your dad? I mean, was that something that you enjoyed? Uh, yeah, but it was kind of scary. Yeah, what was scary about it? Uh, the trees, because when it gets dark, the trees get, like, you think, like, there's, like, patches between them and, like, and like something's gonna come out and get ya and you're like hands up (laughs) (laughs) but you know your dad's gonna keep you safe right yeah yeah so lila is it something going on a goat survey like this is this something that you would do again um maybe maybe (laughs) so when you go back to school i know we talked about this before you started recording that you're going to be starting school here again soon. Is this something that you'll tell your friends about the, uh, the chance you had to go camping with your dad and count goats? I don't want to brag. So probably no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love the, I love, I love that you're so humble about it, but I think it's something that your friends would, would think is really cool. I think they'd want to probably try and do it with their parents sometime too. Don't you think? Maybe. Maybe. What would you tell your friends was um, was exciting about it and that they would like to? Uh, probably, probably that we got to see cool sights and I and um, like we went up this hill when it was raining and I saw some like paintings on the rock, so that was cool too. Yeah, did you get to take a lot of pictures? Um, yeah. I took some selfies of myself. Oh, selfies are very important when you're doing something like that. Absolutely. You should. Yeah, we saw a few new things as well on the way in and on the way out. We saw a rubber boa snake, which they're native to Montana. I'd never seen one before. They look like a big worm. They're really ugly, but there was one lying in the trail on the way up and one yeah. on the way out so that was pretty neat too um the second one kind of looked dead or run over so we don't know exactly what happened to it but dad um lifted it off the trail with his um hiking pole okay yeah that's good get it out of the way make sure no one else possibly steps on it or anything like that right yeah so what other kind of animals and wildlife did you guys see when you were when you were out there besides the goats and the snake um, maybe some birds. Yeah, we saw a red-tailed hawk on the way in. We did not see any deer or elk or moose. Uh, there was some fish at the lake, and we fished for a little bit to pass the time when we weren't surveying. So we um, saw yeah. some rainbows and brook trout in the lake, but no other big game, that just the mountain goats. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see any mooses. No, no mooses this time, huh? <laughs> so, is uh, I know uh, in, in years previous, uh, and Sean, you kind of alluded to it before there, that um, the the wildfires and the smoke cause um, some issues, especially trying to to get to any type of elevation between 
uh, just the mm-hmm. air quality and then the, you know, your sight lines and everything like that. Has that been a big problem this summer as well or, or not nearly as bad as, as previous years? Not really bad. Yeah, last year we canceled a RV camping trip with my parents because of the smoke. I delayed my backpacking trip until September because of the smoke. It was absolutely wretched last year. And then this year there's been a few fires in the state and some in Idaho, but uh, the air quality has been great. And then this weekend we saw a little bit of smoke roll in, but it's been been great a total change this year so it's been very nice we don't have to um stay inside and and suffer from the heat exhaustion yeah yeah that is a good point so lila tell me what else uh besides going hiking and camping with your dad what else do you like to do outside um i like to race around yeah just race around Yeah, um, I just went in a couple of circles, and I threw a stick for a doggy that had the bark of Dakota. Oh, on the trip, you, yeah. But he's saying, what else do you like to do besides hiking and stuff when you're, what other stuff do we do outside? Uh, we. What did you do camping this weekend? Uh. We got some little youth kayaks that the kids use this weekend. And we do quite a bit of fishing when we have the chance. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you get to catch fish when you were on your survey, Lila? Um, I'm not really of a fisher. Fisher. I'm not really of a fisher subject. Whatever. <laughs> She reels them in sometimes. Yeah. So, as... Well, let me ask you this, Lila. Do you... I know this was your, your first um, real backcountry uh, trip with your dad. Do you get to do a lot of other hiking and camping with your parents? Um. Yeah, this week, just this week, um, we were going camping with my um, grandparents. Okay, how was that? It was pretty good. We didn't see any mooses. And we saw three moose. Oh, right, moose. And then we saw a deer called Lucy. And then, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, do you like uh, camping and sitting by the campfire at night and eating s'mores and all that good stuff? Yeah, um, I I used to have two glasses, but... um. My first ones were black and the sides were teal, but I accidentally die um dove off my aunt's um paddleboard with my glasses on, so those got lost. Oh no. Could you see anything after you lost your glasses? Um, I could see a little bit. <laughs> so <clears throat> as as the years come I mean, Sean, and this question is kind of for you here. I mean, how how do the kids receive, you know, the outdoors? I mean, how much do they really understand, um, you know, the purpose of, like, the goat survey and everything like that? I think they understand it pretty well. We've uh, – my son, who's six, we do a lot of ice fishing, and it's 
uh, he really gravitates towards that and asks me to go on early morning trips. And uh, we get up at four or five in the morning and drive to some of these places yeah. at least once a year. So they, uh, the memories really stick with them from the trips. I have been surprised with my son and my daughter what they recall from a trip maybe two years down the road and asking to do it again. And so I think the message that we want to keep those resources around so that we can enjoy those trips, like trips on forest service land and with some of these resources, I think it really hits, hits home and they can grasp that pretty readily. And then the biologist does a good job of explaining things um, when we're at the survey to, so that people understand why we're doing it and, and, and that motivation behind it. And then last year we were needing a few more survey hours or excuse me, volunteer hours. And so we went to three fishing access sites on the Madison and, and cleaned up garbage for folks. And that was, uh, good to see, I think from the kids perspective, just why we don't litter and how we can help care for these resources. And then when we were out there, we found, um skeletons and turtle shells and i we just found it was a cool experience as well even just something as routine as picking up garbage so that was a good experience too um we have a pet cat and a dog (laughs) yeah yeah i have a dog as well um so as uh i know you just you mentioned your your son is six is this something that you know you hope maybe next year you can get him out there or do you think he's he's maybe a year or two away to before he can get out there with you guys yeah it really depends on the survey area um i think he's still he'd probably need to be closer to eight maybe to handle handle this one as far as the elevation and the miles and whatnot but he is interested in going i look forward to taking them down the road for sure yeah it's funny you mentioned um just a minute ago the the things that our kids recall you know even two three years you know down the road um as you recall i was out there um we did a i think it was probably shortly um before uh, i had left for our western uh road trip a few years back is when we had first recorded and it's funny the things that my daughter will recall at the time I mean, she was she was three at the time when we did it um but she'll she remembers things that i wouldn't really expect her to she remembers um you know like pools at campgrounds uh and things like that and you know a lot of the playgrounds uh like at rest areas and things that we would stop at along the way and you know part of me is like well don't you remember you know the deer that we saw or you know uh, when we were uh, at Yellowstone, you know, the geysers and, you know, the hot springs and, and all these things. And no, no, I don't remember any of that. You know, it's it's uh, it's funny what the they, they yeah. recall and what they want to remember. No, well, it was fun to go with Lila backpacking, too, because it put me on. Uh, she was stopping to look at the, the snakes and the flowers, and uh, she found a rock that had an imprint on it that looked exactly like an exclamation mark, things that I never would have would have taken the time maybe to notice. And so that was, that was special too, just to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. To see, um, you know, cause with the amount of time that you've spent in the back country, right. You, you kind of, I don't want to say get fixated, but you, you know, you see things from up here, right. And then when you bring your, your children along, you're seeing things from, from way down here. And it's just a, it's just an entirely different perspective. And, um, 
it almost kind of brings you back to being a kid again and, and appreciating those those little things that you've seen, you know, hundreds of times in, in, in your time in the backcountry. Yes, absolutely. Um, my perspectives were kind of up high and down low, so I could see things a lot better than my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your glasses probably helped too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So aside yes. from aside from seeing the goats, what was your favorite thing that you saw while you were out there, Lila? Um. Well, I like seeing the flowers. Yeah. Did you guys see a lot of different wildflowers? Yeah. Um. We saw a paintbrush. Yep, Indian paintbrush. And we saw some yellow bell flowers. Mm-hmm. So and we also saw a lot of flowers we saw from our trip up to the M. Yeah, there's a local hike that we do above town, and there's tons of wildflowers on that one. So a lot of the flowers we saw locally were down there as well. And we've got a cool app called Seek, uh, S-E-E-K. And so you basically point your camera. I don't know if you have that app or have heard of it, but you point it at any living thing and it'll identify it all oh, the way wow. down genus yeah. it'll it'll identify it as a flower and then it'll say oh it's an orchid or whatever and it'll keep drilling down the better resolution it gets if it can see the flower clearly and it'll tell you that one's a arrow leaf balsam root or a paint indian paintbrush or subspecies even it's really cool i don't know my uh trees and flowers and everything very well but that's kind of neat to check on see what things are yeah yeah it's a good uh it's uh it's it's a very good tool um for for learning and teaching uh as well especially when it comes to you know things that maybe are edible um you know when you're out there something you can just snack on to just to try you know just to say that you've tried it and things like that so yeah that's uh those are i've seen some apps um that not necessarily do all um, living organisms or anything like that, but maybe just like plants or, or trees or something like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. So <clears throat> let's uh, – well, Lyle, let me ask you this. Did your dad bring some of his uh, – some of your guys' food along too, some of the Alpen fuel for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your favorite flavor? Lemon. The lemon, yeah. That's a good one. I like the uh, the chocolate and strawberry. That's uh that's one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. So Lila, was that a good way for you to kind of end your summer between the camping trip with your dad and then just camping with your grandparents? Are you uh, are you excited to get back to school? No. No. <laughs> I'm not excited because um you know once you graduate you're like. Okay, this school is this grade is gonna be harder than the last one, and I'm just freaking out. Oh, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna have new teachers and new stuff to learn, and it'll be exciting, I'm sure. Yeah, but um, every year when you get onto summer vacay, you're still um, you, the first thing you're struggling at is will my teacher be. Not nice or nice, because you won't know, and you're like... They're usually pretty nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all. I remember when I was in school, that was always, I was always afraid of the same thing as well. If, if the teachers were going to be nice, but you have all the same kids in your class, right? Um, you won't know if you get the same, if you get the same classmates or you get different classmates. Okay. Like right. third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh. Yeah, it's a fairly grade. big school, so there'll be some shuffling. Um, um, our school is Meadowlark Elementary. Okay. All right. Very good. So, <clears throat> Lyle, let me ask you one more thing. So next summer, uh, when you're on summer vacay, and your dad asks you if you want to do another goat survey, would you go? Maybe. Maybe. You told me yes last time I asked you. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of still deciding that because it was a hard trip. Um, and guess what the guide said there? Um, she said, like, if, um, so, um, if, um, so every year she goes hiking with her kids. And, um, so whatever age they are, whatever miles they go. So, like, if I was nine, I would go nine miles. If I was 10, then I would go 10 miles. If I would, if I was uh, um, 12, I would go 12 miles. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think the, I can't remember if it was the biologist or the Goat Alliance coordinator said that she told us our district was five and a half miles or something like that. And she says, Lila, how old are you? Eight. So she said, oh, we we figure in our family that a kid can go one mile for every year they are old, which I don't know. That feels pretty like a it feels like a pretty lofty goal. I'll be honest. That that does feel like a lofty goal. So we were we were pretty excited that we were able to handle what we had. Lila kept up with me on the way out. She did amazing. I was super impressed with. Um, uh, I was thinking about. Like I said last year, going backpacking, and I was thinking something in the two to three, maybe four mile range. So this was more, we bit off more than I thought um, we, we were ready chew. for, but he handled it and did awesome. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah, well, what's exciting, um, you know, just from the outside looking in at the situation is, you know, the fact that, you know, Lila is really part of this you know, the next generation of conservationists, right? And, and being able to, to experiencing, to experience these things at a young age and, you know, uh, grow that love for that love and appreciation for the outdoors and, you know, wild places and wild animals at a young age, I think is, is certainly crucial, um, you know, as, you know, Lila, as you get older, as your brother gets older, um, so that you guys can continue to, to give back and to donate your time, um, you know, to help preserve yeah. all of these wild places. Um, I'll always be older than my brother because my birthday is September the 9th and his birthday is like three days after Christmas. Uh, so okay. it's not going to be so, it's not going to be so, well, for, um, since I'm going to turn nine on my ninth birthday, that's going to be my golden one. Okay. And for, birthday not so far away not um it's really far away because we because his birthday is three days after christmas like i said that's just a long time yeah 
Well, and you said that you weren't sure if you wanted to do it again next year because of how hard it was, but you just got to think that next year you'll be a year older, you'll be stronger, you'll be bigger, so the hike will be, it won't be as hard. Yeah, it'll be even easier next year. Yeah, um, and guess what I said to myself? Next year when Forrest is seven, he'll be more gullible. <laughs> yes, he will. But you can't be mean to your little brother. You got to be nice to him. That's in the job description, right? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sean, Lila, thank you for for sitting down and and telling me about your trip that you guys had and your experiences counting goats. Um, I'm really glad that you guys were able to enjoy that and then uh, come on here and tell me about it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to get you guys on again next summer after you do another goat survey and hear how much better that one was. All right. All right. Well, take care, guys. And Lila, enjoy school this year. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thank you again to Sean and Lila for taking some time to share their uh, adventure story with me. Uh, I would also like to thank the partners of the podcast, Hardside Hydration, Stone Glacier, Go Hunt, Wild Rivers Coffee, Outdoor Class, and of course, 2% for Conservation. Uh, Please be sure to go out and support the brands that support this podcast and help make it possible. Uh, And if you would like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org, and there you're going to see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where it's going to be only positive conservation-driven content uh, landing in your feeds. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Be sure to head over to theaverageconservationist.com, catch up on past podcasts, as well as grab some merchandise to help support conservation in the process. So until next week, as always, stay safe and remember that conservation starts with you.